Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development pull-up chair, while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, The Suzuki Rule, and ask me questions if I was confusing. I enjoy... I enjoy very much when rules are written down. When rules are written down. Think of like a board game, Monopoly, Parcheesi, whatever board game you're thinking of. The rules are written down. Monopoly is actually a good one. Monopoly is actually a good one. Because there are two different variations of Monopoly. One is if you have one of those community chest or chance cards and you have to throw in $50 or $20 or $100, one of the variations of Monopoly is that money goes into the center and whenever someone lands on, is a free parking? You collect all the money. It's in the center. Some people use that rule. Some people don't use that rule. And heck, you might even on Monopoly boards, you might even have big arguments on whether that is legitimate, whether it is required, whether it is optional, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I like it when rules are written down (laughs) so you can take forever and a billion years and memorize them. That's kind of what I did a lot with baseball. Whether I was memorizing the rules, I wasn't really reading the rule book so much as I was listening to what was going on. Oh, I see. When this happens, then that happens. When there's there's a sacrifice fly or a sacrifice bunt, the batter does not get charged and at bat. See how that works? When you understand the rules, when you pay attention to the rules, then you start to understand the rules better. I grew up listening to Jim Durham announcing Chicago Bulls games. Jim Durham announcing Chicago Bulls games. Jim Durham knew the rules better than you did. Jim Durham knew the rules better than you did, and he applied them properly. For instance, in the NBA at the time, I'm not sure what the rules are now. They've changed them. If there had been no timeouts called in an NBA game before the 6.59 mark of the first quarter. 6.59, not 7.02, not 7.01, not 7.00, 6.59. There had been no timeouts called before 6.59. As soon as there is a dead ball, traveling, personal foul, anything along those lines. A timeout was charged to the home team. 
It didn't depend upon whether the game was being played in Boston or Philadelphia or Milwaukee. The timeout went to the home team. So as Jim Durham was announcing the game, uh, whoever, uh, JoJo White travels, timeout Boston. Well, how does he know it's timeout Boston? Well, because it's under the 659 mark. There had been no timeouts left. And Boston was the home team, so timeout went to Boston. Jim Durham knew the rules, and by explaining the rules every single time, Tim, who was listening to the game like he was taking in excess water from a sponge, learned the rules. If you pay attention, if you learn the rules from people who actually know what they're talking about, then you understand the rules, etc., etc., etc. As of right now, baseball is going to have some new rules in 2022, possibly 2023. And frankly, really, right now, we don't know what they are. We don't know what they are because they are not written down. They are not written down as soon as they are written down. I hate unwritten rules. I really don't like unwritten rules. Write them down. Write down the rules so that we know what they are. If you're going to have a rule that a person that bat flips is... Uh, thereby deserves to have a projectile thrown at his helmet the next time he bats. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. So we all know what the actions are that you're not allowed to do and what the punishments are for violating said rules. But as of right now, there are going to be some new rules in Major League Baseball. Oh, we don't know what they are. We don't know what they are, but there are going to be some rules. And it's kind of okay for right now. It's kind of okay for right now. But I do want the rules to get clarified because I think the rules will probably be inadequately explained when they are clarified. I'll get to that in a second. The Cubs have recently signed Seiyu Suzuki. Suzuki is technically an MLB rookie. So if Suzuki ends up making the Cubs, makes the Cubs opening day roster, he will be a rookie on the MLB roster. Rumor has it that the MLB Rookie of the Year incentive plan passed in the collective bargaining agreement. Rumor has it. We don't know. We don't know. But supposedly it did. So what that means is if a player who is a rookie makes the opening day roster and finishes top three, top two in Rookie of the Year voting, then that team will be entitled to an additional draft pick. 
Is that a good rule? Is that a bad rule? Immaterial. Not really all that important. What is important is it sounds like that rule is going to be in play. So if, say, you Suzuki finishes, let's say, second in the 2022 Rookie of the Year balloting, then the Cubs would be getting an, a, a yet undisclosed draft pick for having been good little children and having Seiyu Suzuki on the Major League roster from the start of the season. Sounds good, right? You know, it, it benefits the Cubs, etc., etc., etc. Fine, whatever. As long as he is on the Major League roster at the opening day, and, and he might as well be because he signed a five-year deal, so there's no point in hiding him in AAA. Put him on the Major League roster, see if he's ready to go, see if he's good to go, play him here and there, and if he's getting things done, then you play him, and hopefully he ends up in the top two or top three in the uh, Rookie of the Year balloting and ends up bringing the Cubs a draft choice because that's all the rage now. So, if that rule has passed, if that rule is in play, then say you Suzuki may end up getting the Cubs a draft choice in 2023, which would be cool, which would be fine, which would be wonderful, but that's not specifically what the podcast is about today. The Suzuki rule, I still have to see it written down. I still have to see it written down because until I see it written down, I have no idea what it is. Because I'm anal that way. I don't know what the rule is until I have seen it written down and possibly even performed out in public with someone explaining, oh, no, 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 that, that's not what we meant. What we meant was, for instance, let's roll with it this way. Next season... Or this season, however you want to look at it. This season, next season, whichever way you want to look at it. The Cubs decide. The Cubs decide in 2023. 2023. That Caleb Killian, who made, I don't know, four starts in 2022. Caleb Killian, who made four starts for the Cubs in 2022 will make the 2023 roster out of spring training. Much like Seiyu Suzuki is going to do this season. Is it 100% necessary for Killian to have not played at all the year before? Or is it okay for him to have played a bit the year before and make the opening day roster and qualify? I'm going to try that again. Because it was complicated even to me, and I know what I'm saying. Say you Suzuki did not play in Major League Baseball last year. Not a bit, not a pitch, not an inning, not an at-bat. Say you Suzuki 
is going to probably be on the Major League roster this year, presumably for the entire season. And if he ends up top two, top three in uh, Rookie of the Year voting, then the Cubs will get a benefit. However, if Caleb Killian gets four or five starts in 2022 and then makes the 2023 roster out of spring training, is he eligible for the Rookie of the Year incentive or not? Is he eligible for the Rookie of the Year incentive or not? And how would we know that? We don't. We don't until we see the rule written down, which is why it's important to see the rule written down, which, of course, hasn't happened yet. And, of course, since Rob Manfred's in charge, Rob Manfred might not have even thought of the premise of a player debuting in 2022 and being eligible for the compensation in 2023 or not. We don't know. We don't know until everything is written down and everything is sniffered through. We don't know. It's completely unclear. And as long as it's unclear... All we're doing is babbling. It does sound, though, that if Suzuki has a good season, the Cubs could benefit from Suzuki having a good season. And depending upon how the rules are written, depending upon how the rules are written, if the Cubs have a number of players who, through the next few years, are second place or third place or first place good in the Rookie of the Year balloting, they could add draft picks to the Cubs. Now, what what draft picks? What rounds? What when? You know, we don't know that. That's that's beyond us. We we aren't important enough to know that yet. Eventually, it will get printed. But Suzuki should be eligible for compensation because it does sound like that rule probably did pass even though we don't know we don't know because we're not important enough to know yet eventually we'll find out eventually we'll find out what is on the line for if suzuki ends up top two top three top one in rookie of the year and yeah it's probably important for Cub fans to want anyone who is eligible to get top two, top three, so the team can get additional draft picks. Now, does this mean that possibly baseball writers of America who are responsible for writing, uh, voting for this stuff will deliberately withhold votes from deserving candidates because I don't want the Cubs to get a draft pick. Is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? I'll let you answer that one. Should someone who deliberately withholds a draft pick from a team because I don't want them to get a draft pick, um, should they lose their job? Oh, definitely. Definitely. 
uh, it's questionable enough that the Baseball Writers of America ought to be voting for awards anyway like that. But if there is some sort of compensation hooked to it, oh, definitely. As far as what sort of punishment? What's Pete Rose's punishment? Banned from the game forever? Yeah, that sounds close. Banned from the game forever. That would work for me. Um, Suzuki. I hope he has a great season. Obviously. I hope the Cubs end up getting an additional draft choice because of it. Etc, etc, etc. Interesting concept. Hasn't been entirely discussed out yet because we haven't seen the rules written yet. All the rules ought to be written. Or else they should be disregarded. Completely disregarded. Because unless you can sit down and have an adult cold frosty beverage or whatever it is that you're interested in while you read the rules, said rules shouldn't matter. Thanks for stopping by.